everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up today, we're going to talk about sort of creating a safe space for religion. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> or we're going to be talking about, like, the w- there is a line at which mm. free practice of religion right. and you know, pluralistic society kind of bump into each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that line gets a little squishy sometimes, and we're going to talk about, like, that. Yeah. But we're going to be all over... It's a global discussion Oh, my gosh. Today. You we're guys... are all over the map. We're international over here. Oh, goodness. Here in Salt Lake just. City. So, anyway... Yeah. Uh, before we get to all of that, Dan... Yeah? Uh, turns out... That maybe if you're an LGBTQIA Catholic in Wisconsin, <laughs> which I am, uh, you may not want to uh, die. Oh dear! And have your funeral held at your local local diocese. Oh no! Uh, or have your local priest do it. Your parish, your local parish, whatever. Sure. Because the diocese of Madison has reminded queer Catholics uh, that the church can shun them not just in life. Oh, but also in death. Yes, indeed. Um, A email went around uh, recently that uh, made sure that uh, priests were uh, considering whether the funeral service was being offered for a person in a, quote, notorious homosexual relationship. Oh, a notorious one. (laughs) I I will admit, I know a few gays in some notorious homosexual relationships. Holy shit. And then I know some in some very lovely gay relationships. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he likes the the gays that are in nice relationships. <laughs> no. And it's just those. No. no? Oh. Uh, these are some of the questions that he wants the priest to consider. Was the deceased or the partner a promoter of the gay lifestyle? <laughs> Did the deceased give some signs of repentance before death? I see. I right. see. He's, okay. he's looking for something... Uh, can I just reach out to the gay Catholics of the world and just say, uh, they want you to choose. Oh, yeah. They specifically are telling you, leave the damn church. Yeah. They don't want you there. Right. Right. Also, um, supposedly, uh, the deceased surviving partner, uh, the deceased's surviving partner, should not have any public or prominent role at any ecclesiastical funeral rite or service. Oh, of course um, not. Of course not. Because, they, yeah, the most, the most bereaved pe- person <laughs> at the funeral should not be the one on uh, display. In fact, the grieving partner uh, and the same-sex marriage shouldn't even be referenced in any liturgical booklet, prayer card, homily, sermon, talk by the priest, deacon. Right. Uh, of course not. So I think the, the, what, what people should maybe just consider here is, uh, why are you wanting a Catholic service? Yeah. yeah. If, if you're LGBTQIA, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and dead. So. Well, if you're dead, why do you want anything? <laughs> you're dead. Right. I don't know how you could want things. Um, let's see. Uh, critics. Catholic critics, in fact, um, who are outraged about this, um, say that the bishops are unfairly focused on the queer Catholics. 
while paying less attention to other relationships not approved by church doctrine, uh, including divorces, re- or people who are remarried without an annulment, mm-hmm. or people who have sex before marriage. These people are not being treated no. the same way. Right. Of course not. Yeah. If it's if it is a straight couple who are quote unquote living in sin and they one of them dies. Right. Oh yeah, that boyfriend, that girlfriend can totally not only be there but talk at the funeral uh-huh. and blah blah blah. Oh, yeah. They can be prominent. And this critic goes so far to say that they must also ban anyone who does not care for the poor. Or care for the environment. Oh, sure. And anyone who supports torture. For those are church teachings, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they got no problem with, like, full-on criminals having all the rights and services. Uh, yeah, probably. But uh, so they, they, they love those. Uh, but a criminal, somebody who, who's done some, uh, you know, murdering. Some bad behaving. Some, some maybe some, uh, some stealing. Uh-huh. Uh, they get that nice little deathbed confessional thing. Hopefully. You know, and uh, if they get a chance for it, right? Where they have a last chance to, yeah. to, to be repentant, right? Yeah. But you cannot off... You, like, what? This, this person in a same-sex relationship? They're, they're, they want them to do the same repenting. Right. Right. Yeah, I repent and of and... my love right. for another human being. Right. Because Lord knows if there's one thing Jesus hates, it's loving other humans. No, he never said anything about that that I know of. <laughs> it's, he, he didn't even comment on it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to move to uh, Israel. Oh? The promised land oh, of, really? of God's chosen people. Really? Yeah. I've um, heard this before. The, uh, the, they have the oldest running newspaper in Israel, mm-hmm. Haaretz, Haaretz, there's two A's next to each other. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, okay. Has come out with a, 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 an in-depth report on the veracity of the, the Old Testament. Oh, really? Uh, Doing what they claim is, quote, just uh, they say. So here's what they say. Uh, despite feverish, feverish searching with scripture in one hand and cutting edge technology in the other, evidence backing the Bible remains elusive. <laughs> They've been looking for evidence what? for the truthfulness of the stories in the Bible. Okay. Uh Strangely, and our listeners will be shocked, shocked to learn this. They can't find it. Wait, they're wait, wait, wait. No, there's no evidence. No evidence for, for which it, story? Well, which stories so, are they talking? So about? they're they're talking about the creation story. They're talking about a whole bunch of things. But like, for instance, no evidence of the events described in the book of Genesis has ever been found. No city walls have been found at Jericho from, oh. the, from the appropriate era that could have been toppled by Joshua or otherwise. <laughs> the stone palace uncovered at the foot of the Temple Mount in Jerusalem could attest that King David had been there, or it might belong to another era entirely, depending on who you ask. So wow. what they're copping to is that, and what they say is, these are fables. Uh, These are stories. Right. Uh, many of them lifted from other traditions. Right. 
and but but stories that are designed to help us live better lives. Well, I um, wouldn't say so, but no, uh, no I, <laughs> I've I mean, heard many people say if, so, Dan. If you twist them a lot and you shape them and you mold <laughs> leave, them, leave parts out. You use your heat gun and then you melt them down a little bit and then you uh, you reshape them and stuff and you try and cut out a few things. Then yeah. maybe I don't know Jonah, Jonah and the whale. I mean, what what wonderful lessons we learn from that. What about what about uh, you know Lot's wife and yeah uh, what, what what was the dude jo- Job Job sure oh you yeah know? I mean that's New Testament so I think wait Israel's, Job is isn't it who who had all the boils oh that's Job I don't know. maybe Job no Job's Old Testament I don't who the it's fuck cares it's a track. stupid book <laughs> it's a really stupid book it's hard to keep all the fables in the right books uh, anyway uh, as part of the context for this I I actually don't read hebrew i don't know if you know this so i didn't go to the direct source i have to trust uh newsweek's covering of this but they brought out uh, a pew study that's interesting that talks about uh how american christians how americans view the bible Uh uh-huh and the the literalists well yeah is is that what they're getting to they're they're talking about that and it's interesting because about 36 percent of Christians in the U.S. said the Bible should not be taken literally. Oh. Uh, while 40% said it is the word of God. Uh, huh. And only 24% of Americans said that, of Americans, that's not just Christians, that's Americans on, uh, on, in, on the whole, I think, said that the holy book was, quote, the actual word of God and is to be taken literally. Oh, nice. So apparently what, uh, on only 35%... Uh, read it once a week, or at least once a week, and forty-five percent seldom or never do. Oh. I'm guessing the one. I'm guessing many of those thirty-five percent are lying. <laughs> they don't actually read the scriptures. Um, <laughs> but yeah, apparently why would they lie about something like that? <laughs> right? That's unconscionable. Yeah, right. Uh, this is the first time says uh, says a Gallup uh, person. This is the first time in Gallup's four-decade trend that biblical literalism has not surpassed biblical skepticism. So there's actually fewer biblical literalists than there are people who uh, who are skeptical of the literal truth of the Bible. Golly, it doesn't feel that way. Well, they're noisy. They are noisy, aren't they? The, uh, the literalists I mean, are certainly loud. And getting louder. They are. Uh, are they, yeah. As their numbers dwindle. They don't like to be quiet. They... Boy, they can scream and shout. Yeah. All right. Well, that's nice. And they build arcs. They do all sorts of things. They're very industrious people, these Bible literalists. <laughs> to what end, I don't know. Uh, they're not. Who anyway. could know? Yeah. Uh, all right, Dan. Uh, there is a young Jehovah's Witness being detained. Oh, no. In uh, Tajikistan. Oh. Uh, the Tajiks have been touchy about the, the J-dubs. Have they? I don't know. Well, anyway, uh, he is uh, hes uh, of age where it is expected for him to serve in the military. Oh, sure. And oh. Tajikistan does not have any conscientious objector laws on the books. Right. Uh, he went to... And the J-dubs don't, don't oh, yeah, yeah. play the that. J-dubs, the J-dubs, they do pay their taxes. Mm-hmm. 
But that's kind of where it stops as far as like dealing with a country. They refused uh, mil- to serve in the military. Uh, they won't take any like pledges or anything like that. It's right. it's God only. But right. they render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Sure. Right. Like they, they have that little out. Thank God <laughs> that's in the Bible. Right. Uh, otherwise, they'd be tax evaders as well. Uh, and anywho... No conscientious objector law in the books. And so when he asked if he could do maybe some public service type thing instead, they were like, nope, you are conscripted. Here you go. Military service or jail time. And so now the UN is getting involved. Because he he chose jail. He chose jail. Okay. And so there is this, this thing called the Working Group on Arbitrary Detention mm. at the UN. And they are objecting to the mandatory military service. Huh. And they are calling this uh, arbitrary uh, in, uh, detention. That's interesting. Because it ain't so, arbitrary. Because it's well, very it's very specific. Well, right? I believe there is an understanding internationally amongst sort of human rights folk. Yeah. That one should be able to conscientiously object to military service. Yeah. And I think I that's mean, what this does, is being this is probably being based on. I mean, if there's a better reason to join the J dubs, I can't think of it. <laughs> Just getting out of mandatory <laughs> military service. That sounds great uh so anyway the, but it does I, raise an interesting question you know yeah because like really, can't he have bones sp- what was it what was trump's excuse bone spurs in his shins or whatever that's how is that trump dodged the draft oh like could he have something physically wrong with him to get yeah he just needs to get he just needs to get to pay a doctor enough money to like Say, oh, he's got he's got high arches. He can't. Well, I would think that if high arches can get you out of the military, why not something screwy up in your head that lets you believe the whole jade up thing, <laughs> right? Like that I should have, be enough. I all, have the all, mental illness known as Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Declare Jehovah's Witnessism. <laughs> mental illness. I, I, an incapacity. I wouldn't have an, an objection to that. <laughs> But no, it raises this question, like, in my head, I'm like, well, okay, yeah, he should, I guess, be able to conscientiously object. Of course he should be able to. But then it gets all messy because he's a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. And it's he's doing it because of some weird God thing. So. There you know. go. That's that. All it's right. happening. Indeed. Uh, I'm going to take us to Papua New Guinea now. Oh? Where uh, there's been a raise, an uptick, a surge in the killing of witches. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I mean, witches are bad. Well, they're, they're, they're a plague, Dan. They, they, they cause lots of social problems. I can't believe I didn't take a, uh, a Halloween angle with this. Today, for us, is Halloween. Yeah, yeah. our listeners won't be no no i won't have time today to post it nope uh but it is a but yes witches are apparently a big problem over there in new guinea okay so people are so people are uh are killing them um apparently what's happening 
is that like in in a lot of these villages or whatever, uh-huh. uh, you get a you get some death in the village or a sickness in the village, and okay. everybody feels very upset. Okay, as you do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just pick some scapegoat woman and kill her. Well, they torture her first. Here's how this works. Uh, uh, this is a there's this, a process. There is a there's a very there is a well defined because here's the trick. A witch is going to lie to you. If you say if you just ask her nicely, "Hey, did you curse that person and make them sick and then die?" They'll say no cuz they're liars. So what you got to do is torture them until they say yes. Mm. Because under torture they'll finally tell the truth. Right. Uh and then you can just kill them. And then that solves your problem. Nobody will ever get sick and die in your in your village again. Well, until there's another witch. Well, yeah. And one must then repeat the process. Right. It's it's a very important thing. Mm. Uh never mind the fact of course that as uh as we've all learned from Gitmo and from all sorts of other things, people who are being tortured will say pretty much anything that you tell them to say. Oh yeah. Yeah. They people don't like being tortured. No. They want that to stop. Right. That's how torture works. You right. don't get good information out of torture victims. Right, exactly. Uh, but yeah, especially if you're just cruelly, cruelly torturing people. Oh God, it's awful. Uh, so, so yeah, that's uh, th- there is a task force, a government uh, entity that's working, a, a response team uh, that's that's working to uh, to help with this. They are. So woefully underfunded that they don't really do anything. So there's there's really effectively nothing on the ground happening to prevent this. Yeah, uh, they they need Jesus is what they need. Right? No, they need uh, they need. Uh, strangely, one of the things that they think they might need is social media, because if they're exposed to more of the outside world, if they're exposed, if they're able to talk to each other now. I've seen social media work in the wrong direction yeah. in terms of like whipping people up to believe crazy beliefs. Yeah. But they seem to, th- but I mean, when you're that backwards, yeah, maybe you need to just, maybe we need to just help you catch up to the 20th century. Maybe I, we don't need to bring you into the 21st yet. We're only 20 years, yeah. you, know, you know, we're only almost 20 years into that. Right. No. Hashtag kill all witches. Hashtag, you know. Yes. <laughs> like, Lord, but no, I wanted to actually, is there any sense of like how they identify the witch? Yeah. She looks weird. I don't know. No, no, I mean, I don't have a sense of that. My guess is, I mean, these are probably smaller communities, right? Yeah. Like these are, this is something that it is expanding into, into cities now. It used to be a problem that was just in these sort of remote rural villages. Right. But then how do you, you've known these people your whole life. Yeah. Right. How, how do you like turn on, on, on the one over there? You haven't read Arthur Miller. <laughs> you need to get your, 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 the crucible. Yeah. It's up and true. It's very true. I mean, it's the same thing all over, right? This is, this happens until we continually enlighten ourselves. This will continue to happen. And it still happens. I mean, in this country, it's not witches now. It's, you know, it's Jews or black people or Antifa or whatever. Like, it's still, it's, 
it just happens. Somebody other than me is the problem with our yeah. country, with yeah. with my community, with, and we'll be actually talking about that a little later. Later too. on, yeah, All right, cool. Uh, Dan, yeah, a couple weeks ago, we uh, a few weeks ago at this point, uh, we talked about Saudi Arabia, yes, uh, allowing women to drive vehicles. Outrageous! Yes, I won't allow it, but they will apparently yeah. someday. They're they're going to. It's happening next year. Uh, the women are, are, are learning to drive mm. at the moment. Oh. Uh, but there are other things that Saudi Arabia is going to start allowing women to do. Uh, really? Including attending sporting events and stadiums. Oh. This has been not allowed. This is the realm of men. Yeah. Athletics. Realm of men. Go see the whatever the big athlete athletic events probably in, soccer i would imagine so cricket maybe maybe uh, who it's are possible. there possible you know uh goat head polo whatever they <laughs> whatever they're doing i don't know if that's a thing dan i'm pretty sure it but is. uh they will begin to accommodate uh families in three stadiums in uh riyadh Jeddah and Damon. Okay. I wonder about Jeddah, though. Are they going to allow them? Anyway. Um, to, uh, I know it, it was destroyed and all that, but um, uh, two of the stadiums um, actually are the largest stadiums in the country. Okay. Uh, the two largest. And uh, so this is, this is a big deal. And they, they think that there's probably just going to be like a section mm. where women and children are allowed to go and watch and it, and separate, it will be from the men, separate from the men, but they will be in the stadium because this is kind of how they, they tend to do it, I guess in like public parks, mm. um, buses, beaches, amusement parks. They sort of, they have this one space, but then they segregate it. Women over here. Thank goodness. Because the worst thing in the world is, uh, you know, you're attending a sporting event and you've got women around. Yeah. So at least if they're going to be there, at least they're going to be cordoned off to their <laughs> yeah, yeah. separate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, however, this has uh, spawned some uh, outrage on social media. Social media again coming up. Uh-huh. Uh, there has been a hashtag that uh, if it translated from uh, Arabic, it would say, it, would, it means, would you, hashtag, would you agree to marry a girl who enters stadiums? <laughs> so that's been oh that's, that's a tough call Boy, i know i know those those sports sluts why man <laughs> I... well, they're, they're really good at creating uh hashtags yes because that's that's a lot that's, that's a solid into that that's a solid hashtag, hashtag right there uh yeah, uh, apparently, though, this is all coming as uh, the the crown prince, um, who is seen as a as a somebody who's going to work really hard to moderate, modernize and create a He's more a moderate, this yeah, guy. create a more moderate Saudi Arabia. Uh, he has his 2030 which, project, which is uh, working to increase the number of women in the workplace from 22% up to 30%. Oh. Um, he, they're also announcing a new city that they're building. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're dedicating like $500 billion or something like that to, to start work on this 
city that's going to be in, in kind of a politically separate region of Saudi Arabia somehow. I don't know exactly what that means or how that works out, but like the videos um, that pr- are promoting this project show women and men in the workplace together. The women are not wearing hijabs. Apparently there was a woman jogging in a sports bra. Wow. Uh, at one point that just shows what a Western infidel I am. I didn't, I watched the video. I didn't see, didn't even notice that there was a woman that, that, in a sports bra. It didn't even occur to me that that'd be weird. I did kind of notice the workplace stuff and thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, but the sports bra just ran right by. I'm telling you, the, uh, the, what, yeah, I mean, this guy sees the writing on the wall. He, this is the sort of the theory behind Dubai as well, which is build a, a new city, brand new, modern city, sort of from the ground up. Yeah. Start from zero right. and go to ultra modern. Right. And then make it a place where international people can do business. Right. Because all of the money in that region comes from oil right now. Right. And oil's going away. So right. oil's not going to be but, but the this, big thing. They're taking this this city, not to get too tied up in the in this little sidetrack or whatnot, mm. but uh, they're taking this city actually a step further. They're actually, it's going to be fueled by renewable energy wow uh there was, there was something about um even like cars They're, it's not going to be like a car centric city they want it to be very focused on public transit and okay blah 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 so they've they've completely done away with the whole women driving cars issue right they just, right they got rid of that one. now it's robots now it's robots driving all cars. male robots <laughs> driving the cars <laughs> yeah indeed uh so yeah um and then uh, the the there's a princess Rima Bandar bin Al Saud, uh, who uh, uh, she she also is a is a reformer. She's involved heavily in sort of the athletics movement, get women into athletics. Mm. She's she was uh, educated in the West. She sure. went to George Washington University, I think, is what it said. Um, and she, or maybe it was Georgetown. One of those Washington A George one. ones. It was somewhere over there. But anyway, um, she says, the decision warms the hearts of the nation's women. Congratulations to us. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> well, and yeah, if you want to get people interested in, uh, in sport, you have, to, you have to, they have to play and they have to be able to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's interesting. Very interesting. All right, Saudi. Slow, j- slow but sure progress. Into the 1950s. Well, they have no choice. They really don't. I mean, they want to play on the na- on the international uh, stage. Yeah. And the rest of us done accepted the lady folk. Right. At least mm, there's still a ways to go. But well, they've got so far to go. Well, even for us, there's still oh, a us? ways to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms yeah. of like... We're not perfect. No. Nobody's perfect, Dan. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jesus is. Oh, uh, hey, uh, so have you heard of this Mike Pence feller? Oh, Jesus. Uh, vice president of these United States and uh, Christian little lapdog of the <laughs> Cheeto in chief. He is being sent by our president in, into the Middle East. Oh, no. To deal with a real problem. Oh, no. Uh, and that is the problem of persecuted Christians. Oh, of course which, it is. Of course which it is. by the way, 
Mike Pence will finally meet actual persecuted Christians <laughs> for the first time in his life. He thinks he's met persecuted <laughs> Christians before. He believes he understands that problem. He'll actually meet some real persecuted Christians. <laughs> I think that's great. He'll still believe that we have them here, right? which we don't. But yeah. at least now he's actually meeting real, honest-to-God, persecuted Christians. Well, the real problem, though, is like, okay, great. He gets to meet some real ones. The problem is the way that that gets spun in his head, mm -hmm. which is it's a cautionary tale of what could happen here. Right. And what is happening here. And, right. and like, I'll give you a quote that sort of demonstrates how laughable this whole thing oh is. Oh, boy. Right. Uh, and I had to, you have to catch it. You have to catch what, what's, what makes this quote uh, problematic. Uh, this, is, this is Pence talking at a, a keynote speech delivered at the In Defense of Christians annual solidarity dinner for Christians <laughs> in the Middle East. Okay. But they don't say in defense of Middle Eastern Christians. No, just all Christians. Mm -hmm. Boy, Christians they need, everywhere. They really need defending. Under attack. There's only billions of them. So Yeah. One of the messages that I will bring on the president's behalf to the leaders across the region is that now is the time to bring an end to persecutions to the persecution of Christians and all religious minorities. Now, the really? problem with that is... Really? Our president? Really, is he really interested in protecting religious minorities? Because, um, have you heard him talk about Islam? That's a religious minority here. Maybe it's just that they're interested in religious minorities elsewhere. <laughs> in other places. Well... Right. I mean, we only, Dan, we only go after the baddies. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, we're not persecuting Islam because <laughs> it's some great thing. Right. It's an international threat, Dan. It is. Islam, as on the whole, as a, as a complete unit, yes. Islam, yeah. and, and any country and that these... is ma majority Islamic is... A problem. Yeah. Well, and, and the individuals who come here, uh, clearly agents for mm. uh, it, 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 radical Islam. I don't know how anyone could deny that. Uh, <laughs> Pence <laughs> complained. He said, uh, he said Christians. Uh, here's the thing. So they're also pulling money from that the U.S. has been giving to the U.N. to combat the persecution of Christians. And they're, we are going to do it our damn selves. Oh, so God they're they're redirecting it. that money to uh, U.S.-based groups, including some government groups and some faith-based groups. Huh. They're basically just giving the money to some churches. Um, <laughs> but apparently, uh, this, so this is another Pence quote, too often uh, that uh, the U.N. has too often failed to help the most vulnerable communities especially religious minorities. From this day forward, America will provide support directly to persecuted communities. <laughs> so there you go. Our fellow Christians, our fellow Christians. Right. Meaning, obviously, the U.S. is all Christians. Right. Okay. So we're protecting... It's a Christian nation, Dan. Our fellow Christians and all who are persecuted in the Middle East should not have to re rely on multinational institutions when America can help them directly. How about helping your religious minorities here in our own country 
where we suck at how we treat our religious minorities. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, but they're but what Dan the problem is our religious minorities aren't Christian. Uh right. So that is a very good point. That's the problem. Yeah. If our religious minorities were Christian, then we would be helping them out. Then we would be able to help them. Right. But our religious minorities are those uh, icky ones. <laughs> the ones that don't matter. The yucky ones. The wrong ones. Yeah, they're all like weird and they wear funny hats and yeah. you don't know what they're doing and maybe they have a beard. And you maybe, don't know. Maybe. You don't know. They're yeah. brown a lot of the time. It's very upsetting. And they have these eyes. You can just tell they're plotting against you. <laughs> just whenever they look at you, it's just like they tell. don't trust you. And you know, yeah, you know, and the whole language is just based in war tactics and gobbledygook. <laughs> it, it doesn't even make any yeah, sense. No, it's just a mess. It's just a mess. Yeah. yeah. Mike Pence. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you have anything uh, you'd like to say about any of the things that we've talked about today, you can let us know. Write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yes, indeed. Uh, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. And while on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. It is a closed group. But we'll let you in. Also, don't forget that we uh, we are we are doing the video thing, so you can go to uh, youtube.com slash TGI Atheist and see what color my shoes are this week. Hey, Dan. Yes, sir. You're a big fan of listening to things, right? Oh my goodness! If I didn't listen to things, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know what my ears were for. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dumb. Uh, well, anyway, one of our favorite people to listen to that nice uh, Brian Fisher. Well, he's by he, nice. I don't mean nice. No, I mean, he's not nice at all. Uh, wretched human being, Brian Fisher. Although he's got that that lovely tuft of shock white hair on oh, top. I'm jealous of that hair. <laughs> I am jealous of that hair. I so wanted just Anderson Cooper the whole thing at this point. Yeah, not exactly a silver fox though. I won't no. go that far with no, Brian no, no, no. with B Fish. I will say this: uh, he starts by listening to someone who's calling into his show, who. Sounded who who sounded too reasonable. Something had to go wrong. <laughs> All right, let's listen. So I'm an evangelical Christian, and I'm worried about the future of religious liberty. I feel an obligation to defend Sikhs and to defend Muslims on why we believe in principled pluralism in America. And so you can't have people running for office. And again, I, I don't know the particulars of what Moore has said, but as, as it's been reported, you can't have people running for office saying that being a Muslim would be a disqualification for being in Congress. The Constitution is pretty clear about not having religious uh, litmus tests. Now, uh, Ben Sass, I'm sorry to say, is just uninformed about this, as are most Americans, as are most lawyers, as are most legal professors, because the Constitution in Article 6 does prohibit a religious test for federal office. This is exactly true. But what people do not understand is that what the founders meant by religion specifically was Christianity. What uh, Joseph Story said in his monumental commentaries on the Constitution, in the First Amendment, Congress was dealing only with Christianity. So for them, religion was Christianity. So when it says there can be no religious test in Article 6, you can't have a Christian religious test that everybody 
has to pass in order to be eligible for federal office. Doesn't say a single solitary thing about Islam because the Congress wasn't even dealing with the topic of Islam when they were putting the Constitution together. And I believe Muslims can and should be excluded from Congress for the same reason that communists can and should be and legally are because they believe in a totalitarian system, totalitarian ideology. Oh, dear God. Uh, You know, I just like that Brian Fisher is finally setting the record straight because we have been hearing from all those crazies who are teaching law Mm. and practicing law Mm. and all the people who understand the law. And history. And history. We've been hearing the wrong thing. He knows the answer. Thank God. All the all of the people, all of the American people and all the people who practice law and all of the people who teach the law have got the law wrong. And you know what's <laughs> They don't yeah. know what they're talking about. No, I know. And you know what? <laughs> I'm I don't know. I I don't fully 100% mean this, but I'm so sick and tired of the US Constitution. <laughs> Like, I'm just so tired of it. Like, I'm tired of everybody, like, feeling like whatever, like, trying to parse out all these little, it's, it's, it's this, it's almost like a religious obsession with, like, the Bible. It's the same thing about the Constitution. It's, it's having to, like, hang on every single word right. and trying to figure out the, the deeper meaning and this and that. And it's like, well, and fuck that and shit. And the original intention of... Fuck original of the founding fathers. Who cares? It At means the end of the day, nothing. What matters today is our lives today and what it means to live a good life today. Right. Because society has evolved as society had evolved to that point when they wrote that document. Right. And if the and if the founding fathers and that's another term that I'm getting founders getting done with. You can say founders. If the founders, if the if the authors of our and and signators of our constitution, right, had intended for it to be remain a stopped in time frozen document, right. they wouldn't have created mechanisms to change it. Right, exactly. Like they don't they didn't want us to 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 think about what their original intent was. They wanted us to change it when it needed to be changed. Right. And fix it when it but needed it's to be politically fixed. impossible to change. Yeah, at least right now. At least at this point in history. Yeah. I mean, it has been changed in the past. Thank God, or else we'd still have slaves. Right. Or <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So such a wonderful document. Yeah. So perfect. That all that slavery stuff. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a ridiculous argument, and at least three of our current Supreme Court justices are. Originalists. I know. <laughs> it's fucking mind. Uh, but what they don't understand and what the, the other people don't understand, what Brian Fisher doesn't understand is that my interpretation of the Constitution is more important than all of them. So, right. He's such a scholar. Of yes. Brian Fisher. I'm think seriously. Thank you for Brian Fisher. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's a he's a treat. Uh, I, I'll read an email if, if that sounds fun. Sure. Uh, this one was unsigned, uh, but it says, <laughs> I thought it was kind of fun. In the tradition of Mormons being baptized in the name of non-Mormons, I am planning on going on a binge of various atheist podcasts in the name of Mormon President Thomas Monson <laughs> in order to commend his soul to atheism. My friend is planning to get totally wasted in the name of Thomas Monson in order to initiate him into the cult of Sekhmet. Oh. Sekhmet is a... Is a uh, 
an Egyptian goddess uh, mm. that we talked about a little bit on the How to Heretic. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, you can check that episode out if you want to learn more about Sekhmet, who drunkenness is how you worship. Fantastic. Uh, will one of these quote baptism rituals override the other? Will Munson's soul become atheist, or will it become a servant of Sekhmet, or is it just the last ritual performed that supersedes all previous baptisms? Oh, wonderful. Uh, so that's a very good question yeah. uh, relating to Mormon theology, <laughs> which is funny because I really like the second option of like whoever does the last ritual for a person wins. Right. Because then every time the Mormons do a baptism for the dead, somebody could swoop in and be like, ha ha, well, I get them. Nope. We're doing Catholic instead. We got them. Right. But unfortunately, that's not how Mormonism works. First of all, Thomas Monson in all the sort of legal definitions, is still alive. You're supposed to wait until he's dead. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe do it for, for Joseph Smith or Brigham Young or something. I mean... Because they've got to be dead for this to work. Yeah. First of all, for the spell casting to actually... Joseph Smith, that would be outrageous. Yeah. Although Joseph, both Joseph and, Smith and Brigham Young were drinkers. So maybe pick somebody later. Pick David O. McKay. <laughs> uh, do all of this for David O. McKay. He was a... You know, well... Prophet of the church. Spencer W. Kimball was special as well. Yeah, sure. So could, could, could do it for, for him. Any of them. Uh, I think do do all of the above, uh, but I can't tell you which one will take uh, precedent over the other. According to Mormon theology, at least the way, they, the way I was taught, then the person has to accept these yeah. things in, in the afterlife. So they'll have multiple options. Right. You should give them options. If... And mind you, if they are in the afterlife and they accept atheism, that seems a little weird. Because if, if, if you're able to accept something in the afterlife and there is an afterlife, one would think, oh, maybe atheism wasn't correct. Well, or maybe there's just something there's no we, God. Don't, we don't know about. Yeah, there's no God. Just still, another just an afterlife. A, a next thing. Uh, something, something else. You're, that's I don't, right. I don't, I don't think that's... That's tough. That's, that's challenging. It's tricky. Who knows? It's probably easier to believe in God and no afterlife than it is to believe in an afterlife and no God. But uh, people people believe all sorts of oh, crazy Oh, sure. Shit. Sure. So. Who knows? Maybe we'll be in re reincarnated as a fish. You never can tell. Yeah, I know. Reincarnation's weird. Uh, do we have a, a voicemail to listen to? We do, Dan. Okay. Uh, this is uh, in response to... Our uh, our little segment last week at the end of the show where we were talking about uh, some 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 bad medicine out there in the world, bad uh, yeah people people getting duped into uh, you know various different uh, questionable kinds of treatment like these unproven untried stem cells treatments right. or science any of science them. sounding quackery exactly right. And so here's somebody who has a little bit to say on that. Okay. Hey, guys. I'm jumping in to play Crazy's Advocate on the um, – you guys were talking about the alternative medicine stuff on the last episode. And, you know, people's distrust of the pharmacy industry, it's not totally unfounded. Just this week, Archito and Chief himself – said opioids are a major crisis, and they absolutely are. They're destroying communities because it's cheaper and easier for everyone involved except the patient 
to just subscribe people pills and send them away. Um, we've also seen this happen famously with Ritalin, which one of you guys may be familiar with, or your kids, or your nieces or nephews. It's affected lots of people, and there were tons of side effects that no one knowed about and no one cared about at the time because it made money and it was convenient. So even though I'm not saying we should go have apple cider vinegar and lemons for breakfast, the people who are saying that the system isn't perfect, they kind of have a point, even if their solution is a little out to lunch. Bye. Well, thank you for the call. Not not a bad point. Not something that should be ignored. Well, yeah. I mean, so I don't think that our point was ever that the, our, the, the medical system, especially in the United States, is perfect. Oh, dear God, no. <laughs> I think that, no. that that was never our point. Also, I'm just going to point out, I'm just going to cop to the fact that I think I used the term Cheeto-in-Chief earlier in the show. I think I may have stolen it from that caller. Oh, no way. I think when we listened to that before. Oh, dear God. Uh, that's why it was in my mind. So I'm going to give credit. Where credit is due. Indeed. Uh, yeah, you know, I think, I think for me, the problem with demonizing Big Pharma, mm. right? Yeah. Is that you start to question all pharmaceuticals right and when any ailment comes up you um when any ailment comes up you you end up questioning whatever and distrusting right. whatever pharmaceutical that might be prescribed to you yeah and while it's always good to have questions and to not just take everything that your doctor says at, at you know, face, face value, sure, uh, and and do your own research, but I don't. I I think what is scary, and it's where what she alludes to is or mentions outright, uh, is uh, when when people start trying to find alternatives that are just crazy, right? You know, and such as thing, and the thing is, you know, vinegar and whatnot to treat cancer, and if and the, thing. the idea is that. You know, when you take when you see a problem like opioid addiction, mm -hmm. and that is a national problem, yeah, uh, huge problem. Uh, the solution isn't opi opioids are inherently and always bad. Right. That's not the solution to this, right. and that, and and it's also not to say, oh, that must mean since we have an opioid addiction problem. That must mean that doctors who prescribe opioids are bad, that opioids themselves are bad, right. that the manufacturers of opioids are bad. Like, that's not how this works. Right. Yes, opioids may have been wildly overprescribed. And so, they were. And so doctors are now starting to prescribe them less. And, right. And they're trying to, like, find a balance where some mm -hmm. people who desperately need that help right. can have it. Right. And the people, but but they do it in a way that they hope will will stem the tide of of addiction. Mm -hmm. Like the idea isn't throw all the baby out with the bathwater. The right. idea is find problems, name you know name them in the mm -hmm. system, and then fix them. Right. Not oh the system has had a problem, throw away the system. Well, and what, what's also of concern with this opioid opioid problem is really how long it did take for the entire system to recognize the extent of the problem right. and to change their ways. It, I mean, it is seriously taking a national crisis 
in order for there to be a response. Well, and that's a little, and that is a problem. And there and are also problems. There are huge problems with yes, with the pharmaceutical industry being um, financially motivated. Yeah, that is a problem yeah. because it means that the makers of these opioids are pushing doctors right. to prescribe them and are and are lobbying Congress to write laws that are pro opioid and right. are, you know making sure that they're and now when we're trying to fix the problem the manufacturer of these opioids are you know lobbying so hard that now you know president trump's solution to the opioid problem is an ad campaign well guess what that's not a solution to no, this problem that's, that's at all not thanks um, nancy reagan nancy reagan taught us one thing you're right if she taught us one thing it's that your ad campaign yeah, she's not going to work. She said, just, just say, say no. Just say no. And now <laughs> Trump has said, you know, it's super easy to just not start taking them. Right. Because apparently Trump's never been in that much pain. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's dumb. It's uh, but but I think that the larger the larger pro, uh, thought has to be. Yeah, maybe don't uh, don't abandon modern medicine acknowledge that there are problems with it uh-huh. acknowledge sure great right. and let's work to fix those problems but it's still the best thing we've got yes it's a thousand percent better than all you know your ayurveda provider mm-hmm. knows zero compared to what the 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 wealth of knowledge that we've gained from this wildly imperfect modern medicine system absolutely all right uh, so uh, I, w- I do want to uh, to talk briefly about uh, about us and how we are able to do this show. Indeed, uh, because it's not easy. We have no. A, we put in a lot of time and effort, and so uh, one of the things that makes it possible is when people uh, decide that it is a value to them and choose to give us a little bit of money for the episodes right uh and the way and so and that it's this amazing thing and we're super grateful every time anyone does it but we i I just like to remind folks that uh it would be super duper sweet if they would participate in that yeah Uh, and you know if you listen and if you find if you find value in what we do and you want to take a little pride in being part of that yeah you can go to thankgodimatheist.com and you can click on the support tab. You can click on the Patreon uh, button. Mm-hmm. That'll take you to Patreon, which is where you sign up. Uh, you choose your level of support. It does. It can be, you know, it can be as low or as high as you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's just uh, you just agree to give us a little bit per episode that we produce for you. Yeah, and uh, and then you're uh, you're one of our our golden people who yes. helps us out with that. Yes. The top of which continues to be continues to be and is she reigns supreme are, as Lord and Savior of the entire TGIA universe, Angela. Angela, Saint Angela, Lord and Savior, <laughs> Lord Angela. Uh, she is she is supreme, uh, and we bless you all in Angela's name. Amen. Amen. Hey Dan, yeah. Uh, so we we teased something at the beginning of the show about this whole 
what, what's the best way to describe it? It's well, here's, about here's what I feel having an appropriate space for religion. Sure. Sure. I think what happened was you and I were sort of looking at stories for the week mm-hmm. and we realized that we, we had some stories that sort of told an interesting story uh, when you when you correlate them mm-hmm. about the concept of where secular society or where where non uh, non-religious affiliated society, right. meaning society at large, like everybody can be a part of a religion. But we all have to get. We all have to sort of decide how much we, uh, how much of our public space we allow for individual practice of religion, and where we draw lines. Right. Uh, because you know, I had, I, I, I found a story that was about. Um, it it took place in New Jersey. Uh-huh. There's a, just sort of across the river uh, from. Uh, New York City, mm-hmm. and uh, and there was a park that was right next to the train station, mm-hmm. and apparently what had been happening was that Orthodox Jews had been tr- taking the train from the from the city to this park, okay, and essentially taken over, really, to the point where they were like there were there were a lot of them there, and they were putting up um, uh, what are they called? The uh, the 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 sort of the wire system that makes that makes it all part of their home for uh, oh for, for the, the Sabbath for the Sabbath yeah eight I don't know what that's called foods or eight I've got it here oh, yeah, somewhere no I've heard of that though so. um yeah eruvs e r u v eruvs so they so they had put up these eruvs around this park okay uh so that they could push a stroller on the Sabbath and stuff which they're not allowed to do except at home. Right. And their workaround for at home is they'll attach these uh, PVC pipes to telephone poles or whatever. Right. With lines going across and you know, and stuff. Uh, it's it's stupid. <laughs> and it's weird. God. They, but uh, yeah. but this town, this little town in uh, in New Jersey, uh, which is called Mahwa, M-A-H-W-A-H. Hmm. Uh, passed a law that said, basically, I mean, so they basically passed a law that said nobody from out of state can go to the parks. Uh, okay. They claimed it was because a lot of New York license plates were showing up and making it hard to park and all of this other stuff. Uh, it was very clearly just to keep out these Orthodox Jews. Wow. Who were uh who who were sort of taking over and they're not from the town. Right. And the town was just like, well, we want our parks. Blah, blah, blah. So how are they getting the wire out there? I don't know. I don't know how it works, to be That's perfectly really honest weird. with you. It's all very okay. strange. That's... But yeah, they're attaching PVC to, to poles and you know the, the and so they passed this law that says that and the law also said something about uh Basically, they they sort of incorporated attaching these PVC pipes to to lampposts as part of like a you can't like there was already an ordinance that was like no signs on trees and no sign you can't like attach okay. a sign to a pole or whatever. Okay, all right. So they just made that part. They just looped that into the air roof thing into the 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 thing. And you know, you and I have both watched. There's a there's an incredible uh, Netflix. Uh, 
documentary about the Hasidic Jews. One of us. One of us. Yeah. And it's in 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 New York. Mm-hmm. And there becomes, there's a problem when any fundamentalist mm-hmm. religious group, and you know, we certainly know, the, know about this in Utah, mm-hmm. when they take over a, a, a community. Yeah. And dominate it. And dominate it. Yeah. And uh, and then start, you know, controlling everything that happens in that community. Yes. Espe- and when they're and when when it's fundamentalist religion that does it, they keep everybody quiet. Mm-hmm. They work. They operate outside of legal uh, parameters. So you know, if something happens, you know, if somebody wrongs someone else, they don't go through legal channels. They go through internal right. religious channels to try and. Uh, s- solve the dispute, right? Which are usually slimy and dirty, and yeah, or just really... or it's just the wrong way to handle it. Right. And you know, there are you know, then when something criminal happens, right. and it needs to be a problem of the state, especially if you know children are involved. You know, if someone's if someone's beating children, the state needs to get involved, but they don't go to the state; they go to their their ecclesiastical leaders. So, the question is. Where do we draw that line as a society? And that becomes a really tricky one. It does become tricky. And uh, so let's go to the opposite side of everything. Okay. Real quick. Um, Because the Chinese, Hmm. which is where I want to go, would handle things very differently. Yeah, that's kind of bizarro America. (laughs) Uh, Because uh, the upside down, literally, of America. Communist China... Uh, is not officially atheist. They they do uh, recognize. Um, well, I guess probably officially they are atheists, but they do allow for some religions to uh, operate, including Catholicism, Islam, um, Protestantism, uh, Buddhism, Taoism. Mm. Th- yeah, there's probably a couple others, but that's that's what's on this list right here. And, but in order to be like a member of the communist party, you have to subscribe to, you know, Marxist atheism and you cannot in any way, shape or form sort of structure your, uh, belief system, your ethical system, whatever on any kind of like religious belief. Yeah. That's your, you're not supposed to. Right. Yeah. And so what you get is now the uh, the president of uh, China, uh, Xi Jinping. Mm-hmm. He is actually calling for all the religions in China to be sinicized or made to be more Chinese, right? Interesting. Um, by instilling socialist values into those religions. Okay. And they want they actually want to continue their control over these religious groups. And it's causing some interesting things. Uh for example, they it, it was compared to almost like a, a black market mm. of of religion religious practice, right? Uh churches are sort of leaving any kind of public space and they're going into the home. Right. So people will have their meetings in someone's home. They're very small meetings. And, uh, and so they're, they're, they're pushing it 
into this very un, uh, hard to see sphere, mm. right? Uh, because people who who really truly do need that kind of thing in their life for whatever reason, uh, they were going to, yeah. they're going to find it, right? But there's something so enviable <laughs> about a, about a country that's just like fuck it. I mean, for people like us. <laughs> Who like have to sort of get used to certain places where if you go walking, you're going to have somebody screaming about mm-hmm. Jesus at you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that like you have to, your religion is to be practiced in private. Right. By with your own do your thing away from us. Like just keep it to yourself. And that would be right. that does sound but this is almost utopian. <laughs> clearly not. However, it's clearly not utopian, um, right? It's it's wildly it, it, repressive and uh, exactly and probably breed will breed like it, it foments dis, like a distrust of the government and and anger at the government and resentment, yeah, resentment, yeah, absolutely, and, and 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 actually keeps people feeling like they are disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that they are not that you know it so so and that's so, so, not healthy for society no that I, I disenfranchisement don't think so. is is absolutely unhealthy for for a, a working modern society but um we in this country in theory go the exact opposite direction right and right. In, and in a lot of places in practice or in in, in a very opposite direction um, Meaning we enfranchise the religious mm-hmm. in, and disenfranchise the non-religious. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think our show would not get any traction if this country <laughs> enfranchised the non-religious. Right, right, right. But we don't. Our right. country is uh, is very hostile right. to the non-religious. Yeah. Um, so that so, yeah, even though it's the fastest growing segment in the country or whatever. Right. So right, right, right. We'll see. Uh you know, progress may put us out of business, Frank. Oh, better not. But yeah, I mean, I, I rely on this show. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I but I think that uh, I th- I think that this is it's an interesting question. The question, you know, Saudi Arabia's. We talked about that earlier. How they're mm-hmm. wrestling with this idea of religious practice and ha- where. You know, because it used to be, we talked about this earlier, it used to be that in Saudi Arabia, the religious police mm-hmm. could arrest you. Yeah. And Saudi has stopped that, sort of quietly made it so that the religious police have a little less power. Yeah. Though, still, I'm sure that they can hassle the shit out of a woman who's not wearing a hijab or who's who's somehow they deem to be, you know, who's out in the wrong way. Right. You know, either not with her husband or, with, you know, th- there's plenty of ways that they'll still harass people who aren't conforming to their religious s- n- norms. Right. But I think I think one of the sort of interesting tasks of our time is to ask questions about where it is safe and healthy to draw the lines for how we as a society uh, for for allow uh, religion to be practiced. Yeah. Because we have to draw lines. Because yeah. religions break laws. 
Yeah. And we can't really allow that. No. You know, if a religious cult pops up that, you know, has some sort of human sacrificial element to it or, you know, or even the ones that, you know, should we allow the Hasidic Jews in New York to do the caparot and kill the chickens in the street? No. That's just... Should not be allowed. Unsanitary, yeah. if nothing else. Right. But when they've got such control over an area... Right. That's, you know, or, or you know, in in that documentary that we saw that there's a woman who's who's accuses her husband of being abusive to her and her children. Right. But the court gives full custody to the to the father who was theoretically abusive. Right. Because uh, a the the community rallied around him and, and paid for incredibly impre- in, uh, impressive lawyers. Right. And B. uh in this country, family law favors the religious over the non-religious, and she had left the church. And I think that that's just a problem in our society, yeah. where uh, religion is favored over non-religion. Right. Yep. I feel like we Crazy. don't have any answers no, in this. No, lots of questions. That's just all we have. questions. Uh, so maybe some of our listeners hey, and, and viewers have, uh, have some answers. Uh, and, and if you do, if you have insights into a lot of this stuff, uh, write into us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you could call and leave us a voicemail message. We do love to hear your voice. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. That's right. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIAtheist, and click that like button. And while you're on Facebook, why not join the Members Only Lounge? It's an awesome community. <laughs> Uh, of uh, like-minded people who have lots to say and, it, and it's super uh, supportive supportive and uh, it protects your identity if that's an important thing to you yes indeed um, speaking of Facebook thanks so much to Mackenzie for running the, the Facebook page it's amazing that what all the things that she does and thanks also to Sarah Danny and Amy for their work as moderators in the members only lounge and thanks uh, go out to the Red Rock Hot Club and Gordon Johnston for the use of their music. Yep. Uh, and thank you, dear listener and viewer, for tuning in. Bye. Bye.